Hello there. Thanks for joining me in the podcast as we look at school abuse. Abuses that take place in schools these days. <clears throat> now, yesterday we had this major shooting in Texas, and all the eyes of the world were on Texas. The very heart of Texas was bleeding yesterday, and it continues to bleed today in the wake of the death of all these young children and two teachers and the perpetrator of all this as well, and all the other secondary victims that experience loss, family and friends, and all throughout the community. Everybody felt a sense of loss. This is a small community, 14,000 people. I lived in a small community of 14,000 people. I know what it's like to be in a small community where you know everybody and you know everything that's going on, and you feel the pain and you feel the hurt of each other. Small communities are unique. They have strength, and they pull together when there is tension and stress. They support each other, and they love each other, and they care for each other, and they facilitate each other's happiness. Small communities are very special communities, and the people that live within them. But what I'd like to do uh, today is to, again, bring your attention to the problems of our schools. Child abuse taking place in our schools today like you wouldn't believe. Now, <clears throat> when Florida came out with its parental rights, in education legislation here recently, all the people in the world kind of put their eyes on Florida and wondered how this was going to play out in terms of the forbidding of the teaching of gender identity and sexual orientation in kindergarten. What Florida was trying to do is to protect young children. What the Florida government was trying to do is to protect young children from potential abuse that could come as a result of teachers teaching gender identity and teaching sexual orientation often during school time as well as after school time and often done in secret and done without parental knowledge and certainly without parental consent. So this is a problem. Now, first of all, let me just say this. Teachers go through an educational process. Most of them have a four-year undergraduate degree in education. Some of them attack on a subject matter. They have education as well as mathematics, education as well as science, education as well as reading or whatever it might be. They have a specialty. But there is no teaching and there is no specialty in the area of a teacher being qualified to teach gender identity and sexual orientation. No teacher is trained. No teacher. And a teacher should teach in their area of competency. So when a teacher has never been trained to teach such subjects, don't have experience in teaching such subjects, never been supervised in teaching such subjects, it's a violation of ethics and it's a violation of the code of education. No teacher, no teacher should be teaching sexual orientation and gender identity. They are not trained, they're not qualified, and should not do it, period. A board of education, a teacher administrators, and the board of the school in the local community should prevent teachers from teaching this kind of subject because they've not been trained and they aren't qualified and they're doing it against the best judgment of professionalism. Now, let me say this. Abuse is rampant in education today. We've been on this issue for years. It still is a problem. The American public schools have been a hunting ground for sexual predators. That's teachers who are predators. You see, again, teachers are not qualified to teach the subject matter because many of them are even predators of sexual abuse and sexual power over a, a young child. So parents need to be alert to this. Parents need to be aware of this. Parents need to be on top of this issue of what goes on in the classroom 
in which their child sits every single day under a particular leadership and guidance of, of a teacher. Parents need to be aware of that teacher's qualifications, need to be aware of that teacher's strengths, need to be aware of that teacher's weaknesses, and be aware of the teacher's frailties, what they should not be teaching, what they should not be doing, because they're not trained and they're not educated and they're not able to teach such subject matters. You don't want to be taught math by a spelling teacher. Now, the most comprehensive report of sexual abuse in public schools was published by the Department of Education in 2004. Now, they based their findings on a survey that was done in the year 2000. So this goes back a little bit, but the trend is the same. The survey conducted included 2,000 students in grades 8, 9, 10, 11. And what they found was this, that nearly 10% of students in that K through uh, 12 K through 12 have been victims of sexual misconduct by a public school employee. That's a teacher, a janitor, a principal, a vice principal, a counselor, or whoever it might be. 10% of students in K through 12 have been victims of sexual misconduct. That's a lot of kids. So if you assume that that's accurate as a number, this would translate into about 4.5 million children nationwide who have suffered and are suffering annually from sexual misconduct by a public school employee. Now you add to that another 3 million students suffering from physical sexual abuse. So you add all the various forms of sexual abuse, you're looking at about 8 million children. That's a lot of kids. Now that's 100 times more than the physical abuse committed upon children by Catholic priests. We thought the Catholic priests and the Catholic Church had a problem. 100 times more going on within the Department of Education of the local school in this area of physical abuse. So you see, this is an area that pressure needs to be applied on the school board, on the school administration. And who's better to do it than the parents of these kids? Now what takes place in the classroom is, 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 is very simple. A teacher that has an intent on sexually involving themselves with a student in some form begin to groom that child. Grooming behaviors are like giving gifts, extra compliments, being very nice to a particular student, giving special privileges to a student, overlooking problems, and favoring a particular student so that that student will like that teacher all the more and will become involved with that teacher and trust that teacher. And before you know it, that child has been groomed and becomes involved and is a victim of physical sexual abuse or verbal abuse or some form of sexuality. Now what's important is that parents understand this. That parents not only advocate against critical race theory, but they need to advocate against the sexual grooming that takes place in the classroom and the sexuality that takes place in the classroom and the sexual conversation that takes place in the classroom and even the sexual gestures and references that take place in the classroom. Sexuality does not belong in the public school, the private school, the charter school classroom. Does not belong there. Parents need the tools to understand this issue, monitor it, and when they identify, when they find it, when they observe it, to deal with it directly to those in authority, the principal, the superintendent, the school board, and the authorities, the police of that particular community. It needs to be brought to the attention of those in authority. The minute that kind of behavior is observed or become or a parent becomes aware of that kind of behavior. 
So let's not go down on the Boy Scouts or go down on the Catholic Church or other forms of uh, organizational life of children. Let's take a look at this school issue and be aware that your kid going to a public school and private school, for that matter, can be at risk. Can be at risk. Not necessarily is at risk, but could be at risk. And as a parent, you need to sift it out. You need to follow it. You need to check it out and be aware. Ask your kids questions. Know what your kids are doing. Know who they're talking to on the emails and the social media. Let them bring to you the information that would be helpful to you to determine whether your child is safe or not safe in that particular classroom and with that particular teacher or other students in that particular classroom. Parents, you need to be on top of this. This is not something you leave to the school and assume that everything's going well. It's not. We have too many kids, way too many kids, that have been groomed and then become the victim of the sexual abuses of teachers. So again, I report, teachers have no right because they're not educated, they're not trained, they're not supervised in the teaching of sexuality in the classroom and any aspects of sexual identity. Don't let that happen in your schoolroom, in your schoolhouse, in your school system, of your community. Teachers aren't educated that way, aren't trained that way. And that's where you put your finger. Hey, nice to have you join me in the uh, podcast. And uh, I wish you well as you monitor your school and your community and monitor your kids. And hopefully your kids can get an excellent education without all the extra stuff that happens to children these days, such as physical and sexual abuse. Bye for now.